Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I knew what I was going to do was going to be very special with my life. I'm an example just to show people that like, you come up from nothing. Prince had dedicated his whole legacy to celebrating women, celebrating women of color, and celebrating positive music. I'm going to uphold that. You're your own worst critic. I feel like you should be it anyways, but I, I'm always that, and I was just hating my song, so I was hating myself. Some people are at their cubicle job right now making way less than us. Some people are across the world in a goddamn sweatshop making like nothing a day, and we're getting paid to sing and dance. To sing and dance, that's a blessing. Artists out here, they're just willing to settle for anything. You know what I mean? And once you're willing to settle for anything, you deserve anything you settle for. Yo, this young murder. Yo, this is Lizzo. This is August Regal. What's good? It's Kehlani. This is your man, Blake Carrington. You're listening to The Come Up Show. Get inspired. Hey, welcome to The Come Up Show podcast. My name is Chetto. I'm the host and founder of The Come Up Show. Yo, I want to tell you, Thursday, November 30th at Adelaide Hall, the Come Up Show, we're celebrating our 10th year anniversary. We're putting on a concert. I'm really excited to share the lineup with you. In the meantime, put that in your calendar, your Google Calendar, your iCal, whatever you use. Thursday, November 30th, Adelaide Hall, the Come Up Show 10th year anniversary. I'm so excited and I want you to be there. Now, our guest on the Come Up Show podcast, he goes by the name of Eloquent. He's a producer from Guelph, Ontario. We've been supporting him for years now. We actually had him on our fifth year anniversary in London, Ontario. And Eloquent cites Jay Dilla and DJ Premier as some of his earliest influences. And he signed to two labels, Huh, What, and Where in the United States, which is home to Keitronada, Pomo and so many more producers and in Canada he is signed to Urbnet which is a classic a legendary Canadian hip hop label that's been providing you goods for a very long time now. In this interview Eloquent talks about why he always felt like he was an outcast growing up and how it shaped him how he's prepared for the worst case scenario and what he makes of the Toronto music scene Eloquent on the Come Up Show podcast Let's go! I please introduce yourself. Hey, how's it going? My name is Eloquent. Um, I make beats. That's that's kind of what I do. How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on here, man. It's been a while since I think the Come Up Show has interviewed you. Yeah, that was like, what? 2013. Yeah, wow. We published something in 2013. Four four years ago. From the homie uh, Martin Bauman. Yeah, that's what's up. Damn, that brings back some good memories, yo. (laughs) Who's this in the picture right here? Uh, That's uh, that's Honra. Um, O-N-R-A. Okay. Is he selection or no? No, no, he? he's um like he's from Paris. Okay. Um, so he, I mean, he's pretty just prolific with um you know with everything that he does, just just beats. I mean, mm. I grew up 
like looking up to him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that picture would have been from like a show he did back in like 2011 or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think that might have been the first time I'd been like starstruck. Yeah. Dare, dare I say? The first time. Oh, yeah. Well, well, one yeah. of the first times, anyway. I was, mean, it doesn't happen too often, but I mean, that might have been the first person with like a name yeah. who, like, you know, wasn't kind of on some like big time, you know, type mm-hmm. type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I've kept in touch with them for like over the years. Yeah, he's a good dude. Awesome. And what are some other times you've been starstruck? Um, when I was, I want to say, sixteen or seventeen. Um, my brother and I, we went to a show in Hamilton, and it was uh, headlined by DJ Premier. And um, and I mean, I remember we got there pretty early and we were waiting in line. And then suddenly, just like this, I, I don't think it was a limo, but just like some car pulls up or an SUV and a couple guys get out. And then there's Primo and he's like walking in and he's, he's just dapping everybody. And, and, you know, and I shook his hand and... And I mean, on the inside, like you, 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 your boy was dying. Um, Screaming like a little. Girl. Well, but you gotta understand. I mean, this is one of the pivotal two or three producers who were responsible for why I even got into Beats. I mean, not to mention the show was unbelievable. I mean, you you don't realize how many classics he's you know put out over the years until he's playing them one after the other for two and a half hours but just that moment where i mean yeah because he was definitely like the first artist i'd ever been like that close to Mm -hmm. um and yeah i mean i was yeah i was was definitely feeling some type of way after that were you making beats at that time um i was how long ago was this like 20 what oh god this would have been like 2000 and this might have been like 2002 or something wow, like that. Okay, long time ago. Yeah. I mean, I'd been making beats, but the you know eloquent as we as we know him today. You know, I mean, that that wasn't even a thing back then. Mm. Like I was just making crappy beats on my computer that nobody other than my older brother had heard. Mm. And your brother was your older brother was pretty influential, and in you, I think, uh, developing love for the for the culture. Right? Tell us about that. Well, yeah. I mean, and shouts out to S. Um, um, yeah. By the I mean, way, he, I just found that out today. S is your brother. That's my who's brother. Who's also an artist. Yeah, yeah. And he's, I mean, is he in Saga or something? Like that? Yeah, or yeah. he's he... um like he lives in Mississauga now. Okay. Um, but I mean, growing up, he kind of like he kind of just like forced me to like hip hop. Um, How? I mean, like there's a like there's a ten year gap between us. So, you know, when he was buying like cassette tapes and, and and so forth and you know, I would have been like five or six and and it was basically like all all I knew uh for a while growing up and you know, I'd come home, you know, really feeling some like I don't know, some no limit song that that came on T V and, and he'd like check me on it, like, no. Like you you, you gotta listen to this this, this EPMD tape, you know. So, you know, I, that like, I mean, it, it's kind of funny looking back at it now, but um, a lot of that really shaped, you know, the, the type of stuff that I, that I listened to. And I mean, we always have that sort of, that sort of relationship of, you know, whatever you can do, I can do better. So he, like, he's always excelled just at, just at writing raps and, and objectively, he was always really good at it. And I mean, he could freestyle for 20 minutes at a time. And I, I never could. But I mean, Lord knows I tried. 
Yeah, um, let's talk about that. <laughs> People don't know Eloquent actually tried to uh, to get to rap. You rap? Yeah, that was. Um, you actually recorded something or? Yes. Um, <laughs> now, no one will ever hear that song ever. I'm 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 pretty confident in that. I guess I, I I'm not really sure what the kids are up on nowadays, but mm-hmm. back in like. 98, 99, 2000. Um, I guess once like the internet was starting to pop off, like the big thing was, you know, like I'd I'd be up on like undergroundhiphop.com, like on the forum boards, like typing out raps and, and posting them. Mm. Um, so, you know, and you, you really, at least at the time, like I was really feeling myself back then. But typing up raps to put on a forum under an anonymous name versus, you know, rapping in front of a crowd mm-hmm. are two completely, <laughs> completely different things. And I tried my hand at um, at battling um, on stage once. Um, that that didn't go over very well. Um, Where? In Guelph? Yeah, this was in Guelph. Way, way back. This would have been, I would have been in grade 11 so that would have been like 2002 2003 i don't know it was a whole wild story like i kind of got like like a friend of mine sort of like entered me in like on my behalf and you know i didn't feel comfortable rapping in front of a crowd but i did it anyway mm-hmm. so I, I can at least say that i did now once again I, I wasn't very good but um i think sort of just naturally i'm very much of a behind the scenes kind of person and so you know i i was always more interested in making beats anyway mm-hmm. and i guess uh between myself and s that was kind of like just my lane you know like i could put together beats i mean at the time i thought like well enough I mean, he was always the the far superior rapper. Like, let's let's kind of just keep it like that, you know. <laughs> so you tried your hand first at uh, at rapping yeah. before making beats. Yeah, and yeah. and that's really how the the eloquent name um, first came up. I mean, if you ever found it weird how um, a producer has the name eloquent, which you know refers really to your ability to articulate and speak well, that that's kind of why. I mean, I just. Essentially, I just took the first three letters of my last name, E-L-A, and and I just wanted to, to just flip it into something that I could use as a moniker because I didn't really have a rap name, at least none that, you know, that I really wanted out there. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, kind of just settled on eloquent one day. I'm like, yeah, that, that, that sounds cool. It sounds like a rap name. But I guess once I stopped once i stopped really rapping like that um i don't know i just never bothered switching the name and i guess i'm kind of stuck with it now you know yeah yeah obviously <laughs> you don't want to change your name <laughs> yeah too, too too much branding yeah you know, it's in this just, world yeah yeah it takes so. a long time to establish yourself especially. well yeah, yeah and i i've long passed the point of no return so well know? is there something you don't like or something you if you could change it what would it be well if i could do it all again i just yeah. i just go by my like just by my real name okay um sona yeah i yeah. mean i was always pretty self conscious about that name growing up sona. um yeah but you, you got to understand i mean i grew up in i grew up in Guelph you know i was the one and only black kid in any of my classes growing up i mean i was in 
classes full of Billy's and David's and John's and, you know, and I mean, I used to get clowned on my name sometimes. Hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it, it was, doesn't seem like it's hard to pronounce, though. Like, it's not like something you get stuck on. Well, really. that's the thing. I mean, yeah. you, you pronounce it the exact same way that you read it. Yeah. But, you know, but, you know, when it's first day of class and the teachers attendance. are going through attendance, I mean, <laughs> teachers think of all kinds of really creative ways to, to mess it up. And you it's know, like they're it, doing it on purpose sometimes. And I, I, I seriously question that sometimes because it's like, okay, cause some teachers would say, okay, uh, sauna. It's like, okay, I, 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 I can kind of see it. Yeah. Then they start adding Y's into it, like thinking that it was really a typo. Like, no, no, my name is not Sonia. Um, and then some teachers just were just really, really extra with it, and. Uh, 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 sh- 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 show, sh- Shonya, like, come on, bro, like, you, th- there's no H in that name, like, you, you, you're not even trying. Yeah, but, but in any event, you know, it was always, it was always, like, when I was really young, I was, you know, I was wished I had like a, a, a regular name, mm. so to speak. But I mean, I, I've obviously I'm older now. Um, like, I, I love the name. I love that. I've never met another person um, with the same name, face to face. Anyway, yeah. Um, and and yeah, I mean, it's it's unique. Like I like I like unique. I like being different. Yeah. Well, now yeah. you can appreciate that, but back then you just wanted to fit in. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, because you you never you never want to feel like the the outcast. But you know, some of those experiences really shape you know who you like who you grow up to be, mm. and. You know, and I'd like to think that if I was just a Billy or a John, that you know, maybe I call it the butterfly effect. Effect, but you know, maybe life would have unraveled differently for me. Who knows? Well, how do you think that it did, it did shape you or influence you? Um. Well, I don't know. I just just growing up, I like. Don't get me wrong. I was like, you know, I was friends with a, a lot of different people, but I, I always. I always just felt like there was never anybody growing up who who I could like really really relate to. Everything from, you know, just the music I listened to. I mean, nobody I couldn't show up at school in 6th grade talking about like, "Yo, man, like you just hear this new that new Limp Bizkit CD?" Like, "Oh, yeah, that 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 that's cool." Um yeah, I was just listening to Supercat. Like you, you know what I mean? Like nobody like no, nobody really knew, um, but again, that's just that's just my surroundings. But you learn to accept that as just you know, it's just part of who you are. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, once I got once I got to high school with like more people, and then subsequently university, and 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 then you really start to meet people who really identify with you. But I don't know. I guess I I always felt. I always felt like I was on the outside of an inside joke, you know what I mean? But uh, again, I guess I I didn't really like it at the time, but now it's I don't really think anything of it. Well, now you can code switch. Uh, right, right. <laughs> right? Like you could adapt to those whatever, corporate environments or whatever you need to, business environments, anywhere you need to like sound like that. Yeah, no, yeah, no doubts, yeah. no doubts. Yeah. And... You know, and you you learn a lot about about other people, and you know from their upbringings, and and you know just like my experience, just as a kid growing up, um, uh, in a like in a black family, 
uh, compared to all my white friends, um, was, you know, it was a pretty different experience. So, mm. so it's always kind of just fun to, to compare and contrast, at least at the time. But I, I treasure it because it, it, it's good to, like, I've learned that it's good to be put in situations and places that aren't always ideal or not so much ideal, but just, but just different because then it forces you to, to, to learn how to adapt, you know, and that sort of thing applies in just about all, all phases of life, mm-hmm. whether it's going on tour in a country where nobody speaks English, like, well, you know, like, just do what you've always done. Mm-hmm. You know, you just manage and you get by, ask questions and then just stay open-minded and learn. If you're listening to this, you're most likely subscribed to the Come Up Show podcast. But if you're not, we're available on all platforms, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, or many more. If you have an iPhone, iPad, Mac computer, I'd really love and appreciate your rating and review of the Come Up Show podcast. It'll make a huge difference in the visibility of the podcast, which means more listeners and securing high quality guests. Be a part of the growth of the Come Up Show podcast and give your boy a five-star rating and review. This is one of the biggest things you could do for the Come Up Show and it only takes a second. Click the link in the description below. Rate and review the Come Up Show podcast. I truly appreciate it. What, what's, uh, what's your background? Like, what's your, where your, is your family from? Um, family's from Cameroon, mm-hmm. um, West Africa. So, I mean, I was born, I was actually born in Ottawa, but... I mean, aside from being born there, I have no other like connection to the city. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but Is that the first city your parents immigrated to, and then well, yeah. I mean, my parents did like for school. I mean, they like they've been all all over. Um, so I know, like my my mom went to McGill, and like my dad um, did some studying at the University of Guelph, and. I mean, I was born in Ottawa. Like my sister was born in Montreal. Uh, my older brother was, I think he, yeah, he was born in Hamilton. Um, not really sure why. Completely different places all all across the board. But I imagine, um, like my dad does a lot of traveling for work, so mm-hmm. I imagine that probably had something to do with it. Uh, frankly, I've never asked. Um, but. Uh, I don't mm. know. I, I just found it interesting. Mm-hmm. So I believe was it last year? Worst case scenario came out. Yeah, that was um, yeah, it was late late twenty sixteen. Came out in December. Mm. So that that title it seems like it plays on on how you also operate. Like worst case scenario, you always have backup plans. And uh, tell us about it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess it's always tricky with um, like when you make beats. Um, it, I guess it's hard to really tell a story since, you know, there's no words to go with it. I mean, I'm just putting sounds together, but, but ultimately, um, every, just about every album or record that I do comes from a a personal place as far as, you know, how, how I'm feeling about just life and, and everything beyond. Um, so with that title, um, like I just, like I just turned 30, um, and you know, I guess I was just starting to really feel my my mortality, so to speak. I mean, when I first started making beats, I was like twelve or thirteen, and you know, eager to to, to prove things to people. And you know, there's always that that little kid who wants to go on the basketball court with with like the older kids who are playing pickup and 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 prove that 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 you belong. You know, and that that's that's very much how I felt when I was first 
like really getting into into doing music like on this on this level but i mean i've put out like 15 albums i've gone a lot of places i've seen a lot of things um so with that record um the whole premise behind it is well hey you know i've done x y and z i don't know exactly what the future holds but i'm old enough now or i'm starting to think like okay well in the worst case scenario if all doesn't go according to plan i'm happy with my life and the decisions that i've made and it's really just a general philosophy that that i have you know like just like we're talking about off air a moment ago you know when when you expect the worst you you can never really be disappointed um, so I guess it's a, a little bit of a pessimistic viewpoint, but again, better to be overprepared than underprepared. So what does the worst case scenario look like for you? Um, the worst case scenario, I fail miserably in my musical career. So whether that means tomorrow I just get frustrated or I get sick of making music or just sick of the grind and I just say, no mas, like no more, I'm, I'm just done. And... And I don't know, I just settle on, on a regular nine to five and never make a single beat ever again. Now, that's not going to happen, full disclosure. <laughs> but if it did, I mean, I left, I, I put my heart and soul into everything that I've done. I got to meet some of the most inspiring people that I've I've ever met just throughout the world. And I have, I have albums, I have records, like vinyl records that hopefully one day my grandchildren or great-grandchildren uncover or there's somebody out there who might have been listening to one of my songs while going through a tough situation hmm. um you know thing, things like that where okay maybe i don't get that grammy record or maybe I, I don't land a placement on kendrick lamar's album but you know what i did made a made a difference to i guess if what i if um, even one person somewhere out there, maybe it's a kid in Yugoslavia, you know, listened to my music and was inspired to, to follow his dreams, that's good enough for me. Mm. And the best case scenario? Oh, the best case scenario. Oh, I, I completely sell out. Um, I just go, I just sell just millions and millions of records. Yeah, I just, oh, like I have a, like a big platinum chain, you know, just every, all the cliches you can think of. I mean, that would be the best case. But again, I'm a pessimistic thinker, so I'm not expecting that. But if it happens, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm with it. <laughs> What's the middle ground then? The I'd, realistic, like, you know, I'd be happy with this. I'd say the middle ground is probably where I'm at right about now. Okay. Um, and I make music. I love making it. It nets me a, a check here and there. And uh, and it provides me the opportunity to, to see the world from time to time, um, and really when I when I first started putting out albums, like I only had a few goals. I just wanted to put something out on vinyl, and I wanted to to go on tour or to at least be able to to get that opportunity too. Because I mean, you know, you always. You know, every kid dreams about the rock star life at least once. And, you know, while I've never I've never been interested in playing at a stadium full of 50,000 people, I don't know, just the, the whole idea of going city to city and people actually paying to see you, you know, was always something that, that I thought was really cool, but mm. but pretty much unattainable until I did it. I don't know. There's nothing quite like having like a, a long term goal that you don't really know how to do it 
but you just know that you want to do it at some point, and then eventually you get to do it. You know, there's there's nothing quite like that. What is it like once you actually reach that goal? Because sometimes, you know, you work something through towards something and then you get it. You're like, ah, oh, what's next then? What is this it? Or Yeah, no, yeah. I, yeah. I, I I feel you. Yeah. Um, I guess since I brought up the vinyl thing, when the, the first record that I did that got pressed on vinyl and I remember getting home from from my nine to five and like the box was just like sitting outside my door and like I pulled out a knife, cracked it open, and and held, like, this vinyl with my name on it for the first time. I mean, if you've never seen me before, like, I'm I'm a super tall, big, like, intimidating-looking person, like, until you get to know me. But, I mean, like, I, I was crying like a baby when I when I seen that. For real, I got just really, really emotional. I mean, I, I knew it was going to be a great feeling, but it just really overwhelmed me because... Yeah, like it was a lot of years. It was a lot of labels promising that they'll do X for you and then not ending up doing it. A lot of lows to go with, with the highs, but when it finally happened, it, at least for me, it, it validated like, yes, like all of like the nonsense I put up with over the years. I don't care. It was all worth it. Mm. You know, that that's how I felt. I guess in regards to some of the other goals, I'd never really been outside of North America before. So, I mean, going to, to Europe and again, I make beats. I mean, I like I'm supposed to be the guy behind the scenes that nobody ever sees, but like getting mobbed after a show or or or, or even weirder, like someone like asking for an autograph, which is just a complete just blew my mind. Mm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like stuff like that's really gratifying. But again, I mean, a, a lot of that stuff. You know, first happened like quite a few years ago. So now I'm kind of at that stage where I'm searching for for new goals. You know, like I still love seeing like, you know, like newer records getting pressed on on wax and, you know, getting getting checks and, you know, everything that goes along with being an artist. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I guess I'm just I'm looking I'm looking for a realistic goal that that I can really work towards because you never want to get to a point where you, you kind of just feel bored. You know what I mean? Stagnant. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but right now, like, you know, yes, you go on tours or whatever, but you still have a regular job. Is that correct? Like a nine to five? Well, yeah. I mean, I had been um, for about two and a half years, like I was just doing like the music thing, just full time, full time. And that was one of my, my other goals. Um, so which, you know, I guess during the, during the good times, like, yeah, like it's super gratifying and, you know, you can like sort of flex and, and brag to all, to all my friends like, yeah, man, like, oh, like what, 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 what are you up to? Like, oh, well, I just got a promotion at work. What, what, what have you been up to? Oh, you know, I just uh, got paid for my records, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely did that. <laughs> but um, I'm older now. And now that I'm thinking about, I guess I have to think about like my future and saving money and and some of the next things that, um, you know, that I want to do. Um, so to answer the question directly, yeah, I'm doing a nine to five. But what I do, like I, I do have some flexibility to, to still make music because ultimately... My goal from the start was never actually to just do music nine to five. I figure as long as, like, if I have a job, as long as I'm still motivated to make music and I don't feel like I have to sacrifice my, like, 
artistic vision mm -hmm. in favor of another job that I don't care about. That was the one thing that I never wanted. You know, like when I come home from work, like I want to still be eager to, to make music, mm -hmm. um, which at least as of right now, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still eager and excited. But at the same time, like I, I do enjoy what I what I do for my nine to five. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's all about finding it, a balance. Does it also give you the freedom having a nine to five to not add too much pressure to your art to make money? One of the things with working, like just doing music exclusively, and again, every artist is different. Everyone's grind is a little different. Like I was running into situations where I would just I'd play a festival here, just get some like royalties from my last record. Um, So-and-so has reached out for me to do a remix, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so I'm getting like, I'm getting all this money at once and... And, and 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 it's a lot of money. So I'm just staring at it, and I'm just like, oh, oh, my, oh my, oh my goodness, you know. And you know, I'd run out like, you know what? I've been, I've been stalling. I've wanted this Xbox One for a minute. Let's do it. I don't care. Um, you know what? I really wanted to. I've been meaning to upgrade this this iPhone. Let's do it. You know, so, you know, you, all, all those things are great, but then, you know, you run into some of those patches in time where, like, geez, it's been this long since, like, my last big paycheck and, you know, this one this one check that I got wasn't as much as I, as I expected, while at the same time, geez, like, my, my exhaust blew out in my car, and, mm. and I wasn't expecting that. And it happened at the same time rents do, and then it's uh, someone's birthday, and you know, like all these things pile up, and then next thing you know, it's like, oh, maybe I should have saved some of all this, <laughs> some of all this money, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, so the big thing is just being smart and and being realistic, and frankly, um, I guess now that I'm sort of back into it, um, I did kind of miss how nice it is to have like a to get paid on like the 15th and the 30th but it's cool because i can do that and then but i mean i still have just enough freedom to to bounce to do a quick festival somewhere or mm. you know if i have to leave a little early and and what i really want to do is just go home and just work on and finish the song i've been mm -hmm. i've been sitting on you know like i have just enough freedom to to do it Mm -hmm. So so your work is very flexible and allowing you to, to go to do those opportunities. They don't stress you with that or bug you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's, exactly. That's pretty important. Yeah, and yeah. and I'm and I'm very fortunate to you know to be in a, in a position to do that because I've worked other jobs um in the past um like before I like quit everything and just mm -hmm. did music full time or you know it just really stressed me out. Mm -hmm. I'd get back home and and I'm just like like throwing stuff at a wall and I just I just don't want to think about anything, you know. And and it's unhealthy and it reflects in in your art and you know, and I, I never want to feel like work is a burden. Mm -hmm. Whether it's like a nine to five or beats, you know. Like I, I wanna enjoy what I do. So and 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 I am. I, I can't really complain.
what is what was the maybe the most frustrating part or lowest point in terms of being depressed or like be feeling lost in this whole journey so i think uh as far as like my lowest point because i remember like i remember just working a job um i guess i i won't say which job because what kind of job was know, it like i was working um at a, at a cell phone company Okay. Um, in which case, in a in a retail store. In a retail store. Okay. So and and that sort of thing, you're really on like the the front lines. So whenever somebody, someone goes to Asia, racks up an eight hundred dollar bill, mm. and then complains about it, and and suddenly it's your fault. Like, like buddy, I've never seen you before in my life. Like, I'll I'll give you a hand, but I'm gonna need you to stop yelling at me. You know, like like thing, things like that, or you know, I guess it's just naturally who I am. Like I don't like to to not care. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I like if somebody comes to me for help, like I I, I really want to try to help, whether I have anything to do with it or not. But when I come home, when I leave and go back home, feeling like like man, like this dude just really just looked down on me, as as if like I. As if I was like a peasant, you know, and and that's something that I, I don't I, I, I like I, I can't really like tolerate or take very well. Mm-hmm. And and feeling like that just really just gets me in like it gets me in a bad mood. And then, you know, you start to take it out on other people and it's it's just it's just a toxic thing. So I feel like you're not in control or you feel vulnerable or you feel what? Yeah, I just I just feel like like, geez, like, is this kind of what's come of my life now where I just let this I just let this asshole talk down on me for for 30 minutes and, and, and for what? You know, mm-hmm. and, you know, I've always wanted one way or another, whether it's through music or not, like, you know, you just want to you want to feel like you're making a difference or you want to feel like like you're you're valuable in, in whatever you do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you never want to feel like you're being like taken for granted or taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Um, so and again, you know, especially when there's other factors in just life happening and you know i find usually when things go wrong for me like they really go wrong and like you know like nine thing nine thousand things will s- hmm. it almost feels like they they all fall on you at the same time but again part of it's just getting older and learning how to just how to manage stress and how to take a bad situation and and make it positive hmm. you know like turn it into a challenge rather than you know, really just beat yourself up over it. Mm-hmm. So now that you've been in this game for a while and making music for a while, what do you make of what's going on in, in Canada and in the city? It's interesting because like being being in Guelph, I'm obviously at least a little a little bit disconnected from from all the things that that happen. So, you know, I, I hear about things after the fact. So that said, when I found out that you know, like Studio Bar, among other venues, are shutting down, and you know it was kind of just like a just a shaking my head moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in terms of talent, I mean it it goes without say. I mean, Toronto, there's no shortage of amazing talent across the board, across all all genres. I guess it's it's always disappointed me a little bit that that there's more support, dare I say, um, but I mean. I guess you can sort of make that argument about a, n- a number of places, so it's not exclusively a, a Toronto thing. That being said, 
like I had a chance to skip through uh, like Daniel Caesar's album like on the way here, um, which is which is awesome. And like I, I saw him play at uh, TD um, Echo Park last last summer, and and he probably had one of like the, one of like my favorite favorite shows of all. So I'm I'm glad that everybody from him to to Ali and Jazz and, and everybody everybody's doing it and I'm and I'm happy for it. It just sucks that uh, it just sucks that we're losing so many venues. Yeah, there's still challenges with the in, there's enough talent but the infrastructure Yeah. yeah. And you know, and at it at various points it's it's felt like, okay, like like I think like everyone's starting to get their stuff together. Um, I'm seeing more more shows, but I don't know somewhere along the line it, it felt like it started going backwards. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm friends with a couple, a couple like really, like really good friends and and promoters who frankly just just started getting discouraged, um, who just don't don't put on shows anymore because um, whether it's um, like the venue owners wanting too much money or just not enough support and the people coming out for, for various, I mean, there's a number of, there's a number of reasons, but it's, it's disappointing, Mm -hmm. but ultimately I, I still believe in all, in all the artists and the talent. Mm -hmm. So if, um, you know, I guess if, if folks, if folks sleep on, on, on Ali or Daniel Caesar here, I mean, I'm glad that, there's folks south of the border or or across the world who you know who at least are giving them that um giving them that that time because because mm. they they all deserve it 100 percent. i think things are going to change slowly in terms of the pe- the most important thing is yes we have the talent and now uh does the, the city in terms of the people who live here or around believe in our talent well i think i think a big thing is um you know, like I know that if if Ali just blows up like crazy in the States and in Europe and in Asia and everywhere else, I I already know I, I know Toronto will follow suit. Um, I mean it sucks that you know, it it may take it may take success elsewhere, um, before um you know, before folks are a little more familiar here. But ultimately, I I'm not really too concerned as far as you know who who gets familiar first. You know, as long as as long as they get familiar at some mm. point. You know, mm. like I'm not I'm not gonna lose sleep if you know nobody comes to one of my shows now, but but in five years they start to show up. You know, as, mm. as long as long as they're listening and they're enjoying and. And at some point, you know, they're they're supporting supporting like the the local guys. Then, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's what's most important. What's uh What's been inspiring you lately, Eloquent? Um, honestly, just I mean, as cliche as it is, really just just life and just seeing the way that seeing the way that life unravels. I mean, the way that the way that I see. I see things now versus a few years ago is, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty different, but, but in some ways it's pretty, like, it, it's exciting, you know, I, I look, um, I mean, 
everything from you know the way that I I I approach putting songs together um, is is a little different, and you know whether it's you know just flipping a sample one day to really sitting down and trying to just like compose songs. Um, you know, traveling has always been a big thing that, that inspires me. Um, you know, just, just seeing, uh, seeing my nephew, my nephews like grow up and get older. It's just like, it's, it's just a beautiful thing to see. Mm. Um, you know, like my friends getting married, other friends having their own children, um, you know, just everything really, you know, like I, I guess I, I never want to, I guess I never want to let inspiration begin and end with just music and, and, and a song that I, that I heard that I really liked, you know, like I could be just eating a really good sandwich and I'm like, yo, I, I, I really got to make a song, you know what I mean? <laughs> So I mean, as, as as dumb as that may sound, um, you know, like the like the the commute that I do from that I do to and from work, you know, I just have that thirty minutes to just you know <clears throat> just be alone with my thoughts and and just think about just life and 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 things that are important to me and you know, and when I when I get home, you know, I. I I just like to sort of remember just how I was feeling at that moment, and that usually just dictates how how I go about um, like putting a song together, whether I'm just really elated and happy about something to really, you know, just mellow and somber. You know, it's really it's really all about feelings. That's mm. that's sort of what drives the, the the direction of whatever whatever I do. Mm. What would you like to say to the eloquent fans who have been supporting you? Um, y'all really need to buy more of my albums. Um, more support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all really need to book me. More. No, okay. Um, no. Uh, real, real talk. Serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I always try to put on the, the serious face for that. No, but I mean anybody who's um, you know, who's been part of the part of the ride. Um, whether it's from day one to. To you know, to anyone who may have gotten hip to me yesterday, um, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Because um, ultimately, you know, you, you you always hear like rappers talking about, yo man, whatever happens, I don't, I, I, I really don't give a fuck or whatever. And but on, honestly, I I do. You know, like I really, I really do care what what people think about about what I about what I do and you know I really try to put a lot of just myself and and in beats and just everything that I do and and you know I I, I want to try to you know in, inspire um folks to you know to follow their dreams that's that's probably the biggest takeaway um of you know everything that I've done in my career um, so for anybody who's um, who's listened and supported, especially who's supported, like thank you. And yeah, I've got a lot of interesting things in the works. Mm -hmm. None of which I'm prepared to speak on now. Good job. Um, just just because I I mean I I I, I don't want to box myself in until 
you know, I, I have specific release dates and things like that, but you you can definitely expect um, a lot of new music in the very near future. Mm. Anything else that you wanted to say, Eloquent? Um, just want to say thank you. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, thank you for having me. Black Lives Matter. Go Seahawks. I think that pretty much covers it. <laughs> you know? Thank you, Eloquent. <laughs> I appreciate it, man, for your time. Not real talk, man. Thank, th- <laughs> thank you for having me. This was fun. This was fun. What did you think of my interview with Eloquent on the Come Up Show podcast? Good people's right there. If you haven't heard his beats yet, make sure you check him out. He's everywhere, SoundCloud, you know, wherever you get your music. And subscribe to the Come Up Show podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts. I would appreciate a five-star rating and review. And if you haven't already, Thursday, November 30th, put that down to the calendar, our 10th year anniversary. I hope to see you there. It's your boy Chetto. I'll see you on next Wednesday. Peace.